Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Uh, Welcome along to the milk bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever in coming up on the show. We'll be having a chat with Rob Lane of the Intellectuals about their forthcoming gig at the arena on the 5th of December. We'll be talking to Hal Crittenden all about how not to be stressed at Christmas. That's on the way. Els Bailey is going to let us know about her music. We'll be hearing some of her songs too as we head through the show. We'll be finding out about the Blue Orange Theatre's production of Aladdin. And we'll be finding out what's going on with Warsaw Operatic Society and their evening of festive tunes. But first of all, time to find out about a fantastic film. With Anna and the Apocalypse Double Disc Edition now available on Blu-ray from Second Sight Films, it is going to be a firm, festive favourite for anybody who likes a good zombie flick. To tell us more, I'm joined now by the director of the film, John McPhail. Good afternoon. How are we doing, sir? I'm very well. How are you? I know I'm not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. So, I mean, this movie has basically changed Christmas for many people. The ones who are looking for a high-quality zombie flick that's got that festive feel to it. And uh, I think you've basically ticked all the boxes, haven't you? Well, from 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 the way people have been reacting, it's been brilliant. You know, like um, the just you know from that initial sort of like uh, you know first screening at Fantastic Fest to now. It's it's just been great watching this little you know snowball you know as people start to discover it and find it, um, and that's brilliant. But a musical as well, so it basically has got something for everyone in the family who's over the age of what is that certificate fifteen? <laughs> I know totally. I've got some friends who've got like like nine year olds and they're showing them it, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Has to be at fifteen or over. That is the certification. But I mean, uh, it's it's fun. That's the important thing. I mean, it's been compared to the likes of Shaun of the Dead. Uh, but obviously, they didn't have big musical numbers. I know. Um, uh, the, um, there's a, there's happiness at the Kakatauris, which is uh, like Takeshi Miki's film, which is like the sound of music, and then the third act, zombies turn up. I think that's the closest to it. <laughs> But, but but nothing like this, I think, has been seen in the festive genre before. And in itself, I mean, how did the whole concept come together? And the, how was the choice of Little Haven made? So it was initially uh, a short film that was um, uh, written and directed by a guy called Ryan McHenry. Um, Ryan's quite like uh, well known um, on the internet from like the vines. He, he did the Ryan Gosling won't eat cereal vines. <laughs> um, and um, uh, so he, this was like his end of year project. Um, it was called Zombie Musical. Um, and it did really well. It picked up a new talent, BAFTA, here in Scotland um, and get picked up to be developed in a feature film. Um, uh, and that's and our co-writer, Alan McDonald, and uh, Roddy Hart and Tommy Riley, uh, the composers um, and uh, the producer who produced the short, uh, Nathan Alakaru, um, uh, brought some people in from there. Um, and we started development about nine, ten years ago, maybe. <laughs> um, like, uh, and unfortunately, um, Ryan um, uh, was diagnosed with a, a form of bone cancer mm-hmm. that's only um, that affects young people, and unfortunately passed away in um, 2015. Um, so it was a, a real somber moment for the, the team and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, the, that was how the initial. Thing all sort of formed and came from was uh, the, the as I just say the brainchild of uh, uh, Ryan McHenry. But that vision moved forward, and you got to work with an amazing cast on this one. And Little Haven, tell us uh, about the backdrop to all of that. Oh well, you know when we were when we were scouting out for like locations, I wanted uh, I wanted this to feel sort of like you know uh, appealing to uh, as well as you know a UK audience or like an American audience, and you know. When you get down to, um, you know, like uh, Port, Port Glasgow and Greenock area, you know, it's like all the houses are built up into the hillside mm-hmm. and it looks down onto the Clyde, you know, and across onto Dumbarton and it's really quite picturesque. Um, and uh, there's a kind of, there's a, uh, there's still a kind of like Scottish kind of feel to it, uh, which I always wanted to have in the sort of like, uh, in the, the feeling of the, um, the town itself was that sort of British town. So... So yeah, um, we were working in Port Glasgow, which was really rough. <laughs> <laughs> 
but again, I'm sure they will have uh, loved seeing the uh, the cast and crew take over and create this magical musical zombie Christmas experience. Uh, I mean, festive knitwear well, as well. I mean, what more could you ask for in 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 a, in a film? Well, would you call it the the residents were amazing? See that you know the the turning my life around sequence. Mm. Um, you know, we 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 chose that location. You know, that street, and um, we letter dropped. You know, everybody in the street saying to them, you know. Could you put your Christmas decorations up, or you know, <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're going to be shooting this, and they they did, you know, like people in uh, the residents came out and you know watched this, you know, filming and stuff like that, and you know, let us use some of their houses for you know uh, cast and crew for toilets and stuff like that, um, and they were right up for it, you know, like, <laughs> um, so it was brilliant. And the, you, the cast itself, uh, I mean, you've got some amazing names in here. I mean, Ella Hunt from Cold Feet taking on the role of Anna. Uh, that's obviously not an easy role to cast. You need someone who's got you know, uh, not only a, a triple threat, but also a threat to zombies too. Uh, Ella's incredible. She was absolutely amazing. And, like, you know, she was a standout right from the beginning, you know, uh, seeing off like, our, our um, audition tape. Um, and then, you know, when we auditioned her, we all, we all just loved her. Um, she's got an incredible singing voice. She's got an incredible maturity about herself um, um, and her thought process and uh, how she works um, is is incredible. Um, I, and the uh, the one thing that was for Ella is like she is she's really clumsy. Um, <laughs> so you know, like she worked so hard with my fight choreographer Emma Claire Brightland. Um, the two of them worked like tirelessly together eh, to make her that badass that she, you know, becomes at the end. Um, which again is all credit to the two of them. Well, I mean, an amazing movie. You've got zombies and in festive gear, and you, yeah, I, and the whole, the whole concept, the whole film. It is just going to be screaming literally at the sight of a zombie, uh, yeah, Christmas through and through. And I, yeah, this is one of those. It's going to be yeah, just a cult classic for decades to come, isn't it? I hope so. Like you know, like it's it's one of those like anti-Christmas movies. Like I I love a dark Christmas movie. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I love Home Alone, and you know it's a wonderful life. But like you know, you know Gremlins, you know uh, Krampus, um, Die Hard, that sort of darker kind of Christmas. I I really really enjoy Scrooged. Um, uh, so you know, hopefully you know people are going to keep enjoying it, and it's something that people are going to keep discovering and. It's going to be in that Christmas rotation, you know, beside Gremlins and Die Hard and things like that. I think it adds one to the canon to uh, to, to make festive uh, viewing just that little bit more fun. And when it comes to the uh, the, the packaging and all this, uh, for the first run, you've got a, a copy of the lyrics booklet as well. So you could even have a sing-along a Christmas zombie party with Anna in your own home. Oh, no, totally. Like, the, the, the dream is that people do that. I, I, I put a, a half sing-along, so I want to see people we sing along. If they're watching at Christmas, if they've got their Blu-ray and they want to uh, post some karaoke stuff, I want to see it. That's the way. Where, where do we find you? Can we can we add you on this? Has Anna got our own Twitter feed as well? Yeah, uh, it's a, uh, I think it's at uh, the Apocalypse, uh, or at Apocalypse, <laughs> and, and uh, I'm at, at Worrying Drake. So let's get the karaoke stuff sent that way. But overall, you must have a great for putting the extras together because not only have you got to, uh, the required gag reel, but also alternate opening sequence as well. You know, like second, like second say, I've done such an amazing job on this. Like I, um, I, I've been absolutely buzzing to get my hands on my own coffee because, like, I haven't like we done the commentary and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, we've never done it before. We done it with uh, in uh, Roddy and Tommy's wee recording room and. Uh, so yeah, and the all the sort of like the the the, the new documentary and um, the interviews and stuff. I, I haven't even seen any of that stuff yet, so I'm I'm choking to see it. Okay, make sure you get your copy. It is available now from Second Sight Films, as we say, Anna and the Apocalypse. It's Duke at 15. 98 minutes of zombie-slaying fun in the film itself, plus all the extras, and there's a whole Blu-ray full of the stuff. You cannot move for it. Absolute treat. I think uh, yeah, a perennial festive favourite from this point going forwards. John McPhail, director, thank you for joining us. No, thank you, Jason. I really appreciate this, mate. In a moment of time, we'll be having a chat with the absolutely wonderful Els Bailey. Before we do, let's take a listen to a song deeper. Sunlight is dancing there on the water But I know there's so much more Just underneath But you gotta go deeper 
That's Deepa from Ells Bailey, who joins me now on the line. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? Yeah, very good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, Tar. Now, we're, you've got quite a lot of new music out there. Deeper is one of your recent songs. And you've got a gig coming up at the Lamp Tavern in Dudley on the 6th of December. So you're here, there and everywhere. I am all over the place, yeah. <laughs> so tell us a bit about the background to your music to start off with. Um, so, background. Uh, so oh, it's a hard, hard question. Where do I start? Um, well, I've... I've recently uh, released uh, a new album, which is my second album. It's called Road I Call Home, mm-hmm. recorded partly in Nashville, partly in um, in Wales, in Mono Valley Studios, which was uh, was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm two albums in, really. I've been on touring all over the world for the last three years. And this year, I think I've done about 120 shows. So I like to keep busy. So you spent a lot of time away from your dog, and I'm sure that must be absolutely as painful as hell for you. It is, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a lot of time away from home. Yeah, I've just spent the last, I don't know, three and a half months on the road. It's been a pretty mad time, and I think my body sort of gave up on me the last couple of weeks. Yeah. It's just like I was so tired, so broken, so... At least it's an experience to write songs about at some time, point in the future. Well, I think that's why my my album was called Road I Call Home. <laughs> I was just sort of answering that question and talking about my my life, really. Well, I mean, you've got an exciting 2020 ahead of you because you've got your nomination for the Americana Awards as well for Song of the Year. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so that's, a, that's like the wild card of Road I Call Home, actually. And I wrote it with... Bobby Wood, who's a who's a dear friend of mine, and he took me under his wing when I first got to Nashville and introduced me to people around town. And I mean, he's a complete legend. Worked with Dusty Springfield, Elvis, the Highwaymen. He worked with my favourite Johnny Cash, and and he introduced me to Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys, and we wrote Little Piece of Heaven, which um, turned out totally different to how I imagined. I thought walking. <laughs> Uh, into a writing session with someone like Dan Auerbach and come out with some bluesy rock tune. And we ended up with this, like, cute little love song. <laughs> um, and now it's been nominated for, for for Song of the Year at the Americana Awards, which is just massively exciting. Well, I mean, that is absolutely brilliant. Good luck with that one. Fingers crossed. Congratulations on the nomination. At least that's already uh, a massive feather in the cap, isn't it, really? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was absolutely delighted, you know, absolutely delighted and honoured. Well, it's been a busy year of festivals as well as the rest of the touring too. So uh, what have you done to prepare yourself for the gigs that you got coming up over the next uh, week or so, and particularly at the Lamp Tavern in Dudley? Oh, well, to prepare myself, uh, I've actually just had a weekend away <laughs> so I could get some sleep and uh, get some rest because I've been on the road. So the band are all well rehearsed and, you know, we're all... Uh, absolutely fine, you know, roads, roads travelled and everything, but I just needed a little bit of time off. So, <laughs> so to get me ready for Dudley, I've uh, I've had some sleep. I don't, well, that's that sounds like a good move. But I mean, you must be really pleased with the way the year's gone so far because it's more than four million total streams on Spotify. Uh, just to put some yeah. of the numbers into context, I mean, that is uh, a crazy amount of success, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just been a mad year and. I'm not going to lie, the last three months have sort of blown me away. It's been a real, just, it's just been incredible. I've watched my 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 audience number double and, uh, you know, it just seems like a lot of the hard work is sort of paying off at the moment. So it's really great. You're looking forward to, to playing the Lamp Tavern, you say, but uh, tickets have gone rather well for that, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lamp Tavern, I think that was my first show that sold out. And, uh, yes, we sold out for about six weeks. So that's good going. Does this mean you're coming back to the Midlands then sometime in the near future? I'm playing Eastwell, um, which is sort of reasonably, it is Midlands-ish, it's <laughs> sort of in between Birmingham and Leicester. Um, and that is on March the 7th. So, so that's the one. And it is important to get to you when the gigs are on because it's worth the travel because you've travelled far enough to get to us. So yeah. it, it's only fair <laughs> that uh, we, we do the same <laughs> thing too. So, I mean, where can we go to find out more? Socials and website, I take it? Everywhere, yeah. All you need to do is put um, Els Bailey into your 
your search engine you use, but ellsbailey.com and everything you need is, is right there. E-L-L-E-S Bailey.com. Well, we're going to take some more music from you now. And uh, I, th- I know that you've been working so hard on this album. And, and one of the singles that you bought out back in November has really uh, been, you know, had a great amount of success, hasn't it? So uh, you, you must be quite pleased with When I Go Away. Yeah, when I go away is it is one of my um, my favourite songs. It was uh, it's written by Larry Campbell and it was recorded by Levon Helm on his Electric Dirt record, which is the last record he made before he died. And I remember first hearing it. It was as I was recording Road I Call Home, and the song just just blew me away. And uh, I fell in love. And I've been touring it for the last eighteen months, and I thought, you know, what, it's about time I do my own version of this and get it down on record and release it with my my incredible touring band. So we went in the studio in August and did our version of it, and uh, yeah, and and now it's ready for your listening pleasure. Let's take a listen to that, as uh, we say, and we look forward to more from you as we head through twenty twenty and a massively busy year. We'll hopefully see you back uh, even close to home towards the end of the year. But uh, meanwhile, else, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me.
On Thursday the 5th of December, the intellectuals are back in action in the area. They're at the arena in Wolverhampton. To tell me more, I have a percentage of the intellectuals. It's Rob Lane. Hello. Hello, Jason. How are you doing? I'm good. I trust we find you well. Yeah, very well, thank you. Looking forward to Thursday. Yeah, and I'm, I'm never entirely sure how many are going to be in your troop, so I'm not sure what percentage of the night you're going to be yet. <laughs> no, nor me. Uh, I'm not sure what percentage of myself I am this time of year, really, but there we go. Um, I think we're going to have four, maybe five on Thursday. I think it's going to be four. That'll be myself, Richard Baldwin. Um, no, that, that's pretty much guaranteed at any intellectuals gig, isn't it, those two? Yeah, it, it's generally me and Rich. Um, if, if a date gets offered and me and Rich can do it, we say yes, and then we get some of our friends in. Uh, so on Thursday, there's Georgia Christodoulou and Matt Dibbins. That sounds like a, an interesting lineup. So uh, what should we expect and, and what shouldn't we expect? So it's short-form improv uh, games so it's comedy sketches made upon the spot from audience suggestions and the easiest kind of way to describe it to people is if anybody remembers whose line is it anyway whose line is it anyway from uh the 90s on tv similar to that kind of thing it's basically. like the good bits of that it's all the good bit. well they got to edit it didn't they but yeah. <laughs> so hopefully the good bits uh so yeah basically we have games that we play and before each game we're asking for audience suggestions so the locations and some of the things that we're going to say come straight from the audience so then we have to deal with what they've suggested basically yeah cope and make something funny out of it that's the intention yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it, i'm sure it'll go particularly well i mean all of this though sometimes you get the audience who like to try and play you up a little bit but you're used to yeah. that aren't you so yeah, I, I should think you're pretty much unfazable by now um well let's say yes <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those rare comedy gigs where you're encouraging the audience to say things to you <laughs> and without them having the the you know the mickey thrown back at them hopefully i mean you get good suggestions and you get not so good suggestions and the best suggestions are the things you haven't heard before which actually is quite hard oftentimes when people are trying to be trying to trip you up or be clever it's the same things that people have said at hundreds of shows before so the really good so the challenge to people is to come up with things that we might not have heard before and really really push us the more creative the audience the more enjoyable the night however it'll be brilliant whatever happens uh, and uh, I mean, you've been doing quite a lot of this how long is it you guys have sort of been turning up at the same place sometimes <laughs> that's a very good way of putting it the first intellectual show was in kind of this time of year of 2017 and we did that as a charity gig for the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham mm -hmm. because basically Richard and myself had been in various improv groups before and worked together a little bit and we found ourselves living in the same part of Birmingham so we just thought well I you know we'll try and do a show together and then we just did that one off for the qe and it went well and then we've done since then possibly getting on for 40 or 50 shows i think in various places around the midlands and then we've also done a few fringe festivals around last summer as well so now it is officially a thing it's it's certainly a thing yeah and um it's yeah it's good and the great thing is of course every show is different mm -hmm. so the cast tends to be different but the because it's just going on what the audience do it's completely its own thing every night yeah okay well it's a, a fluid cast an entertaining show and a wonderful venue and the fact that you'll be close enough to see all the action because it is the arena in the brilliant space that they've got down there 01902 321 321 the box office number arena.wlv.ac.uk is the website and you can see the intellectuals do their thing whatever that thing might happen to be on the night <laughs> that's it that's great thank you Jason I'm convinced Rob Lane thank you for joining us my pleasure thanks for having us time for another track from Els Bailey now this is Little Piece of Heaven if I took advantage of you, darling, I never meant to make you feel this way. I was only looking for a companion. I never thought you'd stay. Life is never easy when you won't. It pushes you
Els Bailey with Little Piece of Heaven here on the Milk Bar. As Christmas approaches, we're likely to get a bit stressed as it is the most stressful time of the year. Almost a song Andy Williams sang. I'm not quite entirely sure how the lyrics changed on that one. But a third of Brits feel trapped at Christmas and when their guests at someone else's house, two in five, are spending a whole day with a family, are completely stressed out. To tell us more about his Christmas, I'm joined now by Hal Christian. Good afternoon. Hello. How are you? I'm good. You all right? I'm OK. I'm getting a little bit stressed as Christmas approaches, but I'm OK. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this does vary around the country. I mean, uh, people in Sheffield are the most anxious and Bristol are the most laid back. We're in the middle somewhere. So are we in the middle somewhere in the Midlands? How does it work? Yes, the middle. Yeah, the Midlands don't seem to be in this, do they? Don't seem to be the top in the most stressed or the least stressed. That's probably quite Midlands, isn't it? To be yeah. very balanced. It's very us. <laughs> very balanced. Very like middle of the country. Very sensible. I mean, I, I don't. I, the, the places are extraordinary. For Sheffield to be the most stressed, I don't know why that would be. Because I thought, oh, it's a Yorkshire thing, isn't it? That they're mm. trying to go. Oh, well, well, Yorkshire always think they're the best, and everybody else, and so they're trying to put on the best Christmas. And then York is second most laid back, so it's not a Yorkshire thing. I don't know. I'm, Peculiar. I, and what London, I thought London would be easily the most stressed place um, Christmas Christmas time, but no, it's, it's second, so it's not, you know, it's, I mean, I think the thing, the thing I like about this survey is it sort of confirms, I think, what loads of us feel, doesn't it? That it is very stressful mm-hmm. when we sort of force ourselves to spend time with other people. You know, 56% say they start feeling stressed after spending between naught and 12 hours with their family. <laughs> the noughts are boring side of things. But exactly. <laughs> we must be something stressed within two or three minutes. Um, it depends exactly. on your family, but, I think. Yeah, on average, people fake to smile seven times last <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> but, but I think that's. The, I think a lot of this is it's people being forced to live together in close confinement. We've seen it on Big Brother. We've seen it on I'm a Celeb, haven't we? We've seen yeah. it on these TV shows. We're doing that at Christmas. We're coming together with families, and we're 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 forced. We we don't really feel like there's an escape. Um, and, uh, and the, the, the funny thing is, the the group, uh, the the insurance company Vago, who who did this survey, they do a temporary insurance thing where you can insure yourself on your own car or someone else's, and just do it for a short for like a few days. Mm. Do a t- so you can insure yourself on your father-in-law's car and then drive away for the day, just to, sort of, <laughs> just just to, to avoid and, the rest yeah. of the family. So, yeah, exactly. But I'm sure that will, I see, these things like that will work. These are the things that just will, you know, will chill people out, that they just get that time away, that time away from each other. And the other thing was um, was that uh, loads of people say they're stressed by the travel, by the drive. I mean, do you do that? Do you do a lot of driving at Christmas? Are you driving? Well, you, have, you have to go and see family and things? I mean, Christmas morning, I know I'm going to be in the radio station. Then I'll be driving over to my mum and dad's. Uh, right. And then I've got various other bits of the, uh, the family who are going to be up and down the country on holiday. So, yeah, I will be driving to and from, I think, Lyme Regis during the Christmas period at some point. So. Oh, wow. That will be a bit of a trek from Wolverhampton. Well, you sort of, and you sort of have to get the day right, don't you, so that you don't hit the the day when everybody else is travelling. Yeah, well, I'm also working on Boxing Day as well, so you know, it, it is interesting. That's a joy to drive to work on Boxing Day and Christmas morning. There's nothing going on. It's brilliant. Exactly. And also, the very fact to me that you've chosen to take the Christmas Day Boxing Day shift means that you really like avoiding the family. <laughs> well, I will see them later on in the day. I've gone for, for sure, the early I, shift. When I was in my, well, in my 20s, I used to work in... Um, traffic and travel for the BBC mm-hmm. and I used to always get the Christmas I would I used to do 12 hours Christmas day 8am 8pm <laughs> uh, but that was because I I loved being seen as a hero and also found it quite stressful being all around the family and being you know so it was, I'd be welcomed home at like 8 30 9 o'clock at night we were hey, you know and I love that I love that don't you love that thing of people seeing you as a bit of a hero that you actually I think working? it helps but the truth is you're getting away from them that's what you're doing. <laughs> and getting out of peeling the sprouts and that sort of stuff because that's always exactly getting away from having to do the dinner and stuff because I think that, that is the thing with Christmas I think it's the it's the it's the way in which you feel put upon I think this is my theory okay this isn't in the survey but my theory is it's because as we never beat the Christmases that we have when we're little kids. Mm-hmm. Until the age of 10, Christmas is just people giving you stuff, having fun, playing games, doing exactly what you want to do. And then as you get older, you slowly have more and more put upon you until you're, you've got to get nice presents. You've got to get the right presents. It can't be rubbish. You've got to, you know, you've got to do that. You've got to, enter, you know, have people at yours for Christmas or going, you know, or you've got to cook the Christmas dinner or you've got to do the driving. I mean, it's got the, it, one of these things, more than, more than one in four over Christmas, they became a taxi for family and friends during the <laughs> last festive season. I have 
teenage girls who are like 17 and 19, and that is my nightmare of a Christmas. Well, see, yeah, I, they I, have not yet learned to drive. And I, and don't, so I don't drink, so I'm always the designated driver, so yeah. Oh, that's very silly. You should definitely start drinking. <laughs> Only in moderation, what though. What are you doing? Only, what are you doing? You and Donald Trump, non-drinkers, they're always... <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think that's where the comparison ends, I hope, no, to no, be yeah, fair. Sorry, yeah. I'm not Excuse me, Hal. You, that... you want to be a megalomaniac American president. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, do you... Do you uh, with it, yeah, so you're, you're, you're uh, doing the drive around, but do you do... So you don't have to do... You've never had to do Christmas dinner or anything, or, or are you a good cook? You, I, well, you... I, I, we see the things... I normally end up doing two or three Christmas dinners because I'll help out at, at, at Mum's. Um, mm. And uh, then... I will sometimes have had uh, a Christmas dinner at friends, but I will turn up and take over their kitchen and do seventeen different types of vegetables mid-December. Uh, most, oh my word! It's, yeah, it's just a bit of fun. You're brilliant. You're a pro- you are you are all. See, I was I tend to make some lazy um, stereotypes about men and women and men being lazy and doing nothing at Christmas, whereas you actually do have skills. Yeah, I, I can roast a turkey. Yeah, it stems from university days. We used to have a Christmas dinner at uni, and I, uh, but it was right. normally me that did the cooking, and we'd have all the fr- all the friends from uni round, and then people would be sick in your kitchen. But you know, other than oh. that, it was really good. And that's what put you off drinking. Yeah, but it? <laughs> it, it has that effect. But there we go. Uh, yeah, we, we won't talk about the time I once threw up on my door. But there we are. No, let's not go there. It was Christmas <laughs> as well. But uh, so, I mean, any other fantastic tips for t- stress reduction over Christmas? I'm guessing there's a Hal Crittenden DVD which will probably put a smile on people's faces. There is a, well, there's a DVD that's downloads as well now. I've got DVD from called Tough Lovey. I've got a, I've got a. You can download me now. Um, <laughs> nextup.com it's all it's all online there's a really good next up comedy is a online streaming system for stand up now and if you say it quickly enough it sounds like netflix so the next, next up comedy my my next up special is like a netflix special um but uh, but no they've got very good people people like me and ed burn and people like that and um and uh, yeah so people can download stuff now dvds dvds are very much in the past well they're for the very there's there's to be i think it's only like the john bishops and, mm-hmm. and michael mcintyre's yeah DVDs that, that's sort of all it but you can't yeah, wrap a download that's the difficult bit isn't it you can't actually easily hand it over and stick exactly. it under the christmas tree so you know you can't go, oh look i'll download it for you and then pitter patter on their computer go, yeah. oh well, work this out what's your password you know um <laughs> So it's yeah, it's not quite the same. I mean, are you good at presents? Because I think that's another big stressful thing for me is is presents. Are you are you good Christ- at picking presents? Christmas people? shopping's pretty much done. I, I I don't. Well, I think I am, but they may feel it's slightly different. But I like to get something weird. Oh, so you're confident but wrong. Yeah, but I think that's the best way to be, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Works every time. Now, so Vago have done this survey, uh, so where can yeah. we find out more about the survey and the opportunity to, as long as you're not drinking like me and Donald Trump, to, uh, <laughs> to, to, to ensure a car for a short period so you can go off and do your thing and escape the, 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 the rat race of uh, the kitchen I, work? I think Vago, Vago are like the specialist uh, Christmas insurers because they've also got really good learner-driver insurance to get your kids so that you don't have to keep <laughs> being a taxi, basically. You get your kids go, go and do it. But it's you can do it. You can do it online anyway vego.com is where you go to b-e-y-g-o.com and uh, and you can find out all the information there we're going to be doing a podcast about how to feel how to relax over christmas and not be so stressed and find ways of getting through it and all the rest but but if you're stressed out by the travel side then it's yeah they've got they've got tips there that are great so. yeah, all sounds good to me i'm gonna go and download you now thank you for joining us Thank you, Jason. Take care. Have a good Christmas. You too. Turn off for now. Cheers. Bye. Time for our final tune from Els Bailey. Now, this is What's the Matter with You. Why does the matter we you? 
Lovely stuff from Elle's Bailey there. What's the matter with you? We'll be hearing more from her as we head through 2020, no doubt. Warsaw Operatic Society have a taste of winter on the 5th and 6th of December. It's at the Central Methodist Church. Tell me more. Alex Wollitzkoff. Hello, sir. Hello. How are we doing? Oh, good here. And are you feeling suitably festive for this one? Absolutely. December's come and we're bang into Christmas now. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's going to be good. Uh, so, you've got some great music, I am sure. You've got something emotional, something Christmassy, something just full-on fun? Absolutely. Tick all the boxes there, yeah. Um, it wouldn't be a Christmas concert without all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, so it, it's sort of um, it is a Christmas concert, but it's it's based around sort of films and classic songs you'll know from from TV and film. Um, so it's kind of that that angle, which I think is nice. Yeah, those, those classic cinematic moments yeah. and TV moments that really make Christmas part of the family. Absolutely, yeah. Everyone you know, everyone knows that Christmas time. You sit down, you watch TV, you see all these films, and you, you hear all these songs. So yeah. And they're going to be performed by the fantastic crew from Warsaw Operatic. I mean, so much good work from them with appearances at the Grand recently and and all the other stuff you've been doing. So this one at Central Methodist Church is going to be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a really nice sort of the acoustics in there are absolutely fabulous. So, you know, you know it's going to sound amazing. It's going to look great. You know, what a great night it's going to be. So, uh, Christmas jumpers? Abs- uh, do you know what? I think there might one or two might appear. Okay, so we don't um, need no spoilers on the Christmas jumper front then. No, okay, no. right. <laughs> but the audience are more than welcome to wear absolutely, them. Absolutely, yeah. Come whatever you like. Encouraged yeah. <laughs> to do that one. Absolutely. Uh, but what well, um, favourite songs in the show for you? What really stands out? There's a couple. Um, sort of the big group number all I want for Christmas. There's a lovely solo at the beginning of that. Um, goes on to, you know, a really nice, lovely ending. Um, and there's a really nice song from the film The Grinch that mm-hmm. most people might not know is there, but it's a really, really sort of comedic, funny song. So, yeah, that one too. And I suppose The Grinch was at the right sort of age for you, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> so, yeah, this is yes. one of your yeah, favourites. Yeah. yeah, oh God, I love The Grinch. It's like that's a staple in my house for Christmas. See, so. for me, it's the Muppet Christmas Carol. I mean, a great one too. Any, anything Muppet Christmas Carol? Oh, I don't know, that'd be telling. Okay, okay, we'll find out the rest <laughs> of the, the running order on the night. So, uh, give us the details of the venue. Where can it be found? Yes, yeah, so it's um, the Central Methodist Church in Warsaw. Um, it's um, Thursday and Friday this week, so the 5th and the 6th um, from 7.30 um, and it's £10 a ticket um, and you can book the tickets via Jane Crowther on the Warsaw Operatic's Facebook page. Okay, so just look out for Warsaw Operatic Society on Facebook and then Jane will sort out all the Jane details. Jane will sort you out, absolutely. She, all the magic of getting it and, but it is selling well, so you need to get in there it quick. Is, it is, actually. We're really pleased. So uh, there are a few tickets left, but we're really pleased where it's at. Okay, make sure you do that. Get yourself along. And uh, what do you, have you got your outfit set for the night? Can we talk about what you're wearing, if not everyone else? Um, do you know what? I um, No, I don't know what I'm wearing yet. <laughs> okay, so antlers can we say antlers? antlers yeah so um yes so there might there might be an antler there might be some sort of headpiece who knows i think that that would be essential i think i think that's essential yeah alex wasgroff wasgroff press society thank you for joining us <laughs> cheers <laughs>
The Blue Orange Theatre have their own in-house production of Aladdin from the 4th through to the 8th of December. I have the director and some of the cast with me now. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. Uh, first of all, Thomas Wilsonholm, director of this parish. Tell us a bit about what's going on. Right, so here at the Blue Orange, we're sort of delving right into the bread and butter of pantomime. It's really sort of like your classic panto experience. You've got mm-hmm. loads of things that audience members would expect when they come and see a panto. Your booze, your hisses, your sort of like your running gags. But we're throwing in a lot of stuff that is uh, maybe a bit new to the audience and we're expecting first time visitors, first ever panto, family, mm-hmm. everything really. Uh, talking of first ever panto, I believe one of the cast hasn't had much experience of panto as yet. Oh, I mean, yeah, everyone's got to do the first one at some point. Right? Yeah. So, you know, drop in the deep end, you know, don't give them an easy ride. No, okay, let's have the introductions then. <laughs> and it's, it's clearly the fellow playing Aladdin who hasn't done that much panto before. Uh, but so this is, this is going to be good for you. You've done the drama stuff, just not panto. Yes, yeah. Um, so introductions, please. Uh, my name is Lewis. I'm playing Aladdin. Yeah, and next up, please. Um, my name's Amelia, I'm playing Jeannie. I'm Rachel, and I'm playing Princess Jasmine. So, uh, we got the yeah, good chunk of the story here, so <laughs> uh, can, can, yeah, we've got to avoid spoilers, haven't we? Uh, no spoilers, yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know... Yeah, I was just saying no spoilers. Yeah. Just in okay. case, can't be okay. too careful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, let's, uh, Aladdin, you get the thing named after you then, Lewis, so uh, tell uh, us uh, yeah, a, a, a bit about how you've approached this role so far. I've approached the role. Um, Have well, you been making random wishes? <laughs> oh, um, not really. I've um, not seen too many pantos, um, but I have seen all of the different iterations of Aladdin. I've seen all the different kind of approaches to the character. So um, I've tried to keep it within the character of Aladdin, but give it much more panto um, attack. Yeah, um, which is quite. And is the director helping different. with this because he knows a thing oh, or two about Panto? This he, man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, brilliant directing by Tom. It's um, it wouldn't be the stage that it's at without um, Tom. Would kind of be a bit in the dark. Um, he's done a million pantos, um, and he knows. What he's and and he, about. he still looks so, so young. I mean, that's the amazing part, isn't that's it? it? That's the panto magic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> too young. The, yeah, the rest of the year, yeah. you're terrible. When pantos on, you're, oh, you're, yeah. you're back to being yeah. not 25. <laughs> right, there we go. Well, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm only just not 25. Yeah, <laughs> keeps him young. Yeah. Okay. Next description, please. Yeah, I'm Amelia. I'm Playing Genie. So, how, how do you focus with with Genie? Because obviously you've got to grant the wishes of Aladdin, and uh, you know it's whether you think he's grateful, deserving. I mean, I know. I mean, Genie's <laughs> quite sassy in this, so yeah, we've just got to watch watch how many wishes he wants to do because there are many <laughs> that yeah. he wants to do. So there's only three. So he has to use them very very wisely. Do you think he's going to be bright enough to be able to do that wisely? Uh, with the help of Jasmine, maybe. So you're Jasmine. Uh, tell us uh, uh, how you see Jasmine in this, because she doesn't wear many jumpers, does she? She's not a jumper kind of girl when she's on stage. Absolutely not. No, she's your she's your typical loving Disney princess with a fire about her. She's feisty. She won't be taken for granted. She knows what what she's saying and what she wants. No messing about. No messing Jasmine. about with Princess Jasmine. No. And that's the way it should be. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So uh, a great cast, and uh, the, obviously supporting cast too. Who else have you got on with? Is there anybody you don't like? No. No. no this is no, this is a correct answer. You you did that. They were quick with that as well, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, very genuine. Good. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. They don't. It's a massive company. Um, for considering the size of the theatre and how intimate and up close is getting with the audience, they're getting a lot of bang for your buck. There's so many people working. Mm-hmm. They're fingers to the bone in uh, getting every scene, massive group numbers, group scenes, um, one-on-one, but it's just... Um, music, musical numbers throughout. Musical numbers, yeah. pop songs, yeah. uh, a few classics, things... Yeah. You, uh, so class, classic music before things you guys you were born, yeah? Aladdin. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's true. But you remember them all when they were released? Uh, yeah, this one, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much remember them all. Yeah, there's some... Uh, well, you know, we've got things from Aladdin. Um, mm-hmm. Your your bread and butter, your staple Aladdin magic carpet moments, and but keeping it current with some other pop songs and yeah. contemporary choreography. Mm-hmm. Fantastic choreography but, going on. There's triple threats abound. <laughs> <laughs> but are we talking flying scenes and all sorts? Oh, you have to come Ooh. see. Okay, okay, so that's that's the bit we have to go. That's so, uh, this is on the spoilers list, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> to ask, is there magic? Is silly. Of course, there's magic. Yeah, oh, yeah. We've, like, we've bottled it up. It's no, that's what Jeannie's for. Yeah. She's yeah. here in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so it's the run to Christmas. It's really going to put everybody in the mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite moments from each of you, please. So, because you, you've, 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 you've read the script now, you've do, you're mm-hmm. part way through rehearsals. It's about to happen. So, what are you loving the most? Um, my favorite moment uh, would probably be the opening number. It's so high energy and so in your face. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's just a great way to open the show. Um, gets everyone in the swing of things. Uh, it's a really brilliant moment, I think. Um, I think my favourite part is between Wishy and Abanaza, but we can't say too much about okay. it. Right. You have to come and watch that it. But it, it, it that, the, that's a, that's a yes. grey area. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a good <laughs> one. It's yeah. a fun one. Part of the show yeah. that you're going to love. It's a, show, it's a showdown of sorts. Mm. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Mm. My favourite moment would have to be the end of Act One. Again, I can't say that much about it. Is it because you get an ice cream it? in the interval? Absolutely. Okay, that's good. Because we get our rest in it. Take a chill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All kinds of snacks. You've got to look after your cast, haven't you? Oh, yeah, we do, don't we? We look after you. Oh, yeah. Really Go on, to say it. Tell them how well we treat you. Loved by one and all, I'm sure. Right, okay, so it is the 4th through to the 8th of December. It is the Blue Orange Theatre. Blueorangetheatre.co.uk to get your tickets. Box office number, somebody. Oh goodness me! Okay, so yeah, yeah, here it is. O one two one two one two two six four three. That's O one two one two one two two six four three. Read like a professional. How does he do it? No. Uh, well, break a leg. Have a great time. Don't fall off your magic carpet. And uh, have a brilliant time in Aladdin down here at the Blue Orange. Thank and, uh, you. Thank you very much. You, 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 you're going to prep Christmas for everybody, yeah. you aren't you? Are coming to see it? I am coming to see it. I'm here for press start. Looking forward to it. It's going to be brilliant. Excellent. Excellent. Awesome. Cheers, guys. Awesome. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you. Best of luck for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Back with episode 546 next week. I'll see you then. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar Goodbye from the milk bar Goodbye from the milk bar yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar yeah.